Welcome to episode 11 of the Princeton Podcast with Mayor Mark Frieda. In this episode, Mark caught up with Jennifer Podolsky, the executive director of the Princeton Public Library. In addition to describing the extensive variety of library programs provided to our community, Jennifer also shared some impressive statistics on the number of library visits this past year, the number of library cardholders, the number of items loaned, as well as a list of new library materials now available for checkout. This is a very informative episode, so without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Jennifer Podolsky, for episode 11 of the Princeton Podcast. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. It's good to see you. Good to see you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, so let me start with this one. Could you tell our listeners what it is that the executive director of the Princeton Public Library thinks about these days with all the COVID changing restrictions and all the challenges that presents to the library? Sure. Well, there's a lot, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, navigating the constantly changing restrictions and recommendations has been difficult. And every time we think we've had something figured out, we've had to adapt again. But ultimately, it's about safety first. My primary concern throughout COVID has always been the safety of both the library staff and the public coming into the library. We've had to be really adaptable in order to keep everyone safe and not be afraid to change course quickly. Um, let's think. And also my overriding concern is how can the library best serve the community as their needs are constantly also changing. I want people to feel comfortable coming into the library so they're not missing out on all of the resources that they may need. Like everyone else, we've had to deal with an entirely new reality. Uh, as someone who wasn't here long enough to get to know the previous reality, that's been a unique challenge for me. Yeah, no, it's been challenges for so many people in the community. Right. Um, but just to, to jump on one thing that you that you kind of mentioned, so how, how, how long have you been the executive director at the library now? <laughs> Interesting. So it's it'll be two years in February. <laughs> um, yeah, right. It's interesting timing. I started my job and just a few weeks later, we were shut down for COVID. So it was quite the onboarding experience. Yeah, quite um, quite, a, quite, a challenge on, on so many levels. But um, right. yeah, like I said, I didn't really get to know the library before COVID. So I'm, I'm really getting to know it as we open back up and, and uh, continue to add more and more resources. I'm starting to see what it was like pre-COVID. Yeah. Well, I, I, the reaction from everyone I hear in town is how pleased they are with how the library's handled all this. Mm -hmm. And so that's a reflection on you and your staff. So, you know, kudos to everyone. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I can't even speak. Sorry. Congratulations to everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's good to hear. A little bit about you. I, I was looking you up on the internet, right? So as, mm -hmm. as we can find out so much <laughs> about each other. Um, but I think you were in the publishing world at at one point, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So that was an interesting time. Um, it was actually right out of college. After college, I had some decisions to make. I had double majored, and I wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go in at first. I had so many different interests coming out of school. Um, but at that point, I was offered a position as an assistant editor for Reed Elsevier. And subsequently, that became many different imprints as, as so common in the publishing world. But I stayed with the company through several changes. And when I left there, I was a senior research editor. I really enjoyed my time there, though. Um, editing isn't always the most exciting work. 
but I enjoyed learning about the book production and publishing process from start to finish. When I moved into the research department, though, that's when I had felt that I'd really kind of found my home. It was an interest I wanted to explore more. So that's actually what led me to apply to library school. I wanted to go beyond the research tools I was learning on the job and find out what more there would be to learn. So w once you once you went to school for you know um, library school, so how how do you since that's not something I've ever done, <laughs> so I'm not sure what the options are there. But right. so how did you? You know, so how, I, I guess at some point you said, well, I really like to be a library director and not just work in a library. Right. I mean, so I guess there's different levels. So how do you how do you get to that decision point? And, you know, what was that like? Well, you know, honestly, I'm, you know, it was kind of a long and winding road. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that I ever in the beginning, I'm not sure I actually made that decision. I, I went to school learning about different um, aspects of librarianship and I was interested in them all. Uh, early in my career, I worked as a school library media specialist. That was where I started out. And in that job, you're managing every aspect of running a library all by yourself. You're creating and teaching the lesson plans, managing the budget, ordering books. You're doing collection development. You're managing volunteers, et cetera. You're doing everything. So it was um, more than I had originally anticipated. I, I really thought at that point I'd be focusing on teaching. Um, but that's just one part of the job in classroom management. It was, it was, I learned so much there. But for my first library job, I was already managing a library, a small one. But <laughs> so by the time I turned my attention to public libraries, it just seemed like a natural fit to be in a management role. Right. So what, um, so what kind of degree do you get to move into the library world then? What is... So, um, so my, my, I first got a degree, I went to Rutgers and mm -hmm. I double majored first in English literature and anthropology. But you'll, you'll see that it, for librarians, you're going to get every type of degree and background. <laughs> um, but I majored in English literature and anthropology and I got my bachelor of science degree. Um, but then I went on to earn my MLIS, which stands for master of library and information science. And that changes a little bit. You may hear people say MLS, MLIS, and now there's a communications degree in there. Um, but uh, that was also from Rutgers. Uh, I'm a scarlet knight, I guess, through and through. Yeah. yeah. So um, seeing that you went to Rutgers, did, did you grow up in this area? Um, I, I live currently, I did grow up in, in Howell, actually in Monmouth County, and I currently live in Freehold. So, oh. yeah. A Jersey person. There you go. Yeah, Jersey girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one thing that we that we hear over and over, uh, people describe the library as the town's living room. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what do you, what, well, you guys do so many things. So, but right. what, which things do you think the, the library provides that makes people use that description of the library? Right. Yeah, you know, I love to hear that. Still, it doesn't get old. Um, that's a, a term that predated me coming to the library, and I still love to hear it. I'm so glad people still feel that way. And and I think there are several reasons. I mean, first, we're very accessible. You know, we're open seven days a week, and we have hours that make it easy for people to drop in whenever it's convenient for them. So, you know, just being open and available for people. We're also very welcoming. You know, we're a place where every single person in town is welcome. And there's something that everyone can find something for them, no matter what their interest is. So all of our resources are free to, to use by everyone in the community. 
Also, just want to say that um, our amazing staff give our visitors such a warm welcome that they do feel right at home. That could be a part of it, too. <laughs> our staff know many of our patrons per personally, and there's a real connection there. I remember very clearly the day we opened the doors after the library was closed during the lockdown. One of our first library visitors was in tears. That's how much the library being open meant to her. So, um, yeah, it's pretty special, the fact that people still consider us the town's living room. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was just a week ago, maybe it was last weekend, I was in the library. Um, mm -hmm. I was picking up a book my wife had reserved, and I hadn't done that in, in a long time. <laughs> and so I wasn't really... I, I just was completely blank on like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And um, Kim Dorman was there mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I said hi to Kim and just to, you know, like you said, it, you always get a warm welcome, right, whether you right. know the person there or not, they always say hi to you. They're, they're always yeah. nice. But Kim walked me through that. She goes, yeah, you get the book from over here. Then of course <laughs> I went to the big red machine there and you're supposed to check out by yourself and oh, you I'm looking at yourself. it and I'm like, oh my God, I think I know what to do. And she's like, here, let me show you just to, but oh, it's great. I just, I just want to reinforce that it's such a great place to, to come um, in and, and, you know, pe people help you when you ask for help and it's not, and you don't feel like, geez, I shouldn't ask anybody. So anyway. right now you're not intimidated, right? I mean, people are looking at you and hoping they're, they're really hoping that you ask questions too, yeah. by the way. So if anybody's nervous about that, don't be afraid. They, they really do want to help. Yeah. It's a great culture that you have there at the library. Great. Thank you. Um, but you, you, you had mentioned uh, just a minute or so ago about the library has so many programs and different services. What, what do you think some of the most popular ones are? Ooh, that's a tough one to choose from. <laughs> it's tough to choose a few, but we have so many. I mean, first of all, just in terms of our kids and teen programs, we have story times, um, virtual and in person. Those remain extremely popular. Um, when we were locked down, that was one of the questions we got the most is that, you know, I really miss being able to bring my children there in person. So even though they're, the in-person story times are paused momentarily, um, when we brought them back, they were, they were just really, really popular with our, our community. We've had, we have multiple other ones. We have one called the Morning Tech Series. It's a monthly education collaboration with the resource, Senior Resource Center, actually. The December 15th session that we recently had about removing photos from your smartphone, saving them and storing them for the future had over 100 people registered and 65 people attending in real time. So uh, we're gonna have to have that session again. That was a really great uh, program. Also, our collaboration with the Princeton Shopping Center for our Summer Nights theory series was a real highlight this past year. It served as a way for people to be able to gather safely and see neighbors and friends and allow kids to socialize in person and enjoy entertainment and family-friendly activities. We had over 2,100 people attending that series over the summer. So we're looking to do that again this year. That was a really big success. And then, of course, I'm sure you've heard of our environmental film festival and um, children's book festival. Those are um, very popular uh, programs that we've had. Um, both of them have gone virtual uh, and we're looking forward to continuing those traditions. Last thing I want to mention is that we have a new service we launched called our Library of Things. Library of Things is a non-traditional circulating library items that customers can check out. So this goes beyond books and DVDs. You can check out some uh, kits like laptops and wireless hotspots, technology kits to create a virtual meeting or social media content or a podcast. 
um, and things like projectors. Um, so you can out host an outdoor film screening. Um, and then also we have some emergency preparedness kits coming soon and some nature explorer backpacks. So you can go outdoors and use our equipment outdoors. So we're really excited about that new service. And you can find that by clicking on services and looking under the technology tab on the library homepage. So, um, that's an amazing list, and I know that there's there's more. <laughs> there's yeah, more. Yeah, my gosh. But um, <laughs> I picked a few, but that was like I said, that was really hard to choose. We have so many. If you go on our library calendar and and on the library webpage, you'll find lots of great information. Right. Okay, so we have the library webpage is one place to get information. Are yeah. there other ways to find out what's going on at the library? Yeah, one of the best ways um, to stay up on what we're doing is to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also follow us on social media. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, we have a lot of content on our YouTube channel. And for Spanish speakers, you can connect to us by using the WhatsApp app. <laughs> I think it's called the WhatsApp app, or it's just called WhatsApp. Uh, also, there's like I, like I said, there's an incredible amount of information on our website, princetonlibrary.org. And if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of that page, You'll see, um, you can click on the newsletter tab to sign up. So I, I get the newsletter and I am just yeah. amazed at <laughs> everything that's, that's, that's included in the newsletter every time you get it. I mean, the options are incredible. Oh, that's great. There's so much and we're always trying to figure out the best way to organize that information. So, cause like I said, we have so many programs, so many, so much going on. We want to make sure that people can get it in a digestible format. So yeah. I'm glad you enjoy it. No, it's great. Well, the other thing is there's so much information there. I think anyone interested in the library right. likes to read, so they should like to read in the <laughs> newsletter and see all that's, that's happening. Yeah, definitely subscribe if you haven't yeah. for those of you out there. And then the, accessing the YouTube channel, they can do that from the from your web, web page also? or Yeah, if you, if, you, if you go all the way to the bottom of the front page of princetonlibrary.org, there's a thing that says connect. And there's all these little buttons as to you can get on our Instagram page from there, YouTube channel, all the little icons are there. So that's really easy. Okay. And of course, if you're not sure, go to a library desk or call the library and someone will help connect you if you're not sure. So um, I want to drop back. I know you mentioned that you had other library experience yeah. um, and you had mentioned that a little bit. So um, where, where else were you with different libraries? And if you could just like kind of share some of your past experience at different libraries with us. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, I, um, I, I've worked in a lot of different kinds of libraries uh, and I, I enjoyed all of them. Like I had mentioned, it was really hard to choose. Um, I started out my library career as a school library media specialist or school librarian, you may call it. Um, and it kind of almost came as a surprise to me. I'd mentioned I enrolled in library school looking to just hone my research skills, but I really fell in love with the coursework surrounding children's librarianship. And I enjoyed, like I mentioned, every area of librarianship. Um, archives at one point I thought of focusing on, I truly didn't want to have to pick one discipline to focus on, but they, you have to, <laughs> can't do it all. And in the end, I did receive my certification as a school library media specialist. I went to work on as a K to five um, school librarian in Milburn and a middle school librarian in Middletown for several years. I also during that time worked part-time as a youth services librarian at the Somerset County Library System. And I really did enjoy that. I loved um, being able to recommend books to kids and do children's programming. Um, but then I became aware of a position opening up at the New Jersey State Library, which until then I really wasn't my, on my radar. 
Um, and that job was working as a business and technology outreach specialist. I applied for it and I was offered and got the job. That role was still kind of educational in nature, um, but in that role, I'd be working with public libraries all over the state, which was new to me and exciting, as well as spending a lot of time working with local businesses and small business supporting organizations. So it was a new and exciting change, and I really learned so much about public libraries in that job. From there, I became the director at East Brunswick Public Library, where I was before coming to Princeton. Well. This, that's amazing. It's interesting that, right? It's always interesting to hear the road people take right. to end up where they are at any any one point in their careers. Like I said, I enjoyed all of it. So yeah. Yeah. being a librarian is a really fulfilling career. So I, I enjoyed all the different twists and turns along the way. Yeah. Well, that, that's great, right? Because you like to hear that people actually did enjoy the journey to get where they, where they are, right? It's and it, and it works out because as a public library director, you need to know all I need to know about, you know, serving the local businesses. I need to know about how to, to work with kids and families. So all those different aspects of my career really helped me be where I am right. now. So That's tremendous. Yeah. So let me ask you what I think is kind of big news um, that's been out there <laughs> yeah. lately, and that's that two of the groups that support the Princeton Public Library, I guess by now, have merged. And yeah. maybe you could explain what, what, who, the, who they are, what they've done, and what's happening in the future. Sure. Um, I'll give you a little little bit of an information about that. So the two organizations are the Friends of the Princeton Public Library, which just celebrated their 50th anniversary, <laughs> which was an amazing achievement. Uh, what a great group that's been supporting the library for a really long time. And the Princeton Library Foundation. Um, and the short answer to that is that the consolidation of the Friends and Foundation creates one extremely strong and motivated organization to raise support for them, uh, raise money and support the library. And by consolidating the Friends and Foundation, you know, what they say is that they really hope to strengthen their message to the, to the community about how essential their support of the library is um, into providing that gap, you know, that funding gap between what the municipality um, allocates and what the library needs to, in order to, um, to really provide the services that the community comes to enjoy. And they want, they, you know, I think a primary um, reason for this, too, is they want to eliminate any confusion with existing and new donors about which nonprofit organization to donate through in order to support the library. Um, so it's an exciting time for them. Like you said, it just happened. <laughs> they just had their inaugural um, meeting together just a week or two ago, and they're going to be moving forward with their new mission and goals. I'm really looking forward to what they can accomplish together. It's a really exciting time. So nothing really changes though for the community, just so you know. I mean, if they're wherever they were donating to before, however they're supporting the library, um, they can continue to do so. And um, it, it, nothing will change on that end. Right. So that's good Good to know because I know it's, uh, yeah. it is amazing the history of, of giving and support that the libraries had in the community, right? right? So acknowledging that is, oh, is a good thing to do. And there's so many people that have been involved over so many years in supporting the library. It, it is a- It's amazing. And like you said, you know, the two organizations, they're both, their mission, both to support the library. Why not make it less confusing and just have one? And they can kind of combine their resources uh, and be better uh, than the two have. So it's it's an exciting future for the, those two groups. Yeah, no, it sounds like a great idea. I mean. It, it just yeah. it just makes sense. 
So, um, all right. So people can still donate through any of the donate money yeah. through either of the either of the I guess the group's websites still exist, so they could still go there. Yeah, so they're still working in terms of um, all the details. Like I said, they just had their first meeting together and kind of tightening up all of the pieces that go with it in terms of marketing and the new web page. They're all they're fleshing that out now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but our our staff will communicate to them anything they need to know. So in order of supporting uh, from a donor standpoint, they can just do as they've always done. Okay, well, it's good for people yeah. to know. But the bottom line yeah. is you can still donate to the library. So still donate to the library. There's no problem there. Um, so, Jennifer, is there are there other things people can do to help support the library other than, I mean, obviously money is, is always important. So, you know, we always encourage yeah. people to do that. But there are other things that people in the community can do to help the library? Absolutely. So, first and foremost, I just want to say come to the library, <laughs> use our library service. That really, that's the number one. That's always number one. The best way to support the library is if you don't have a library card, come in and get one or renew your library card. Make sure it's it's current. Um, use our services. Come to the library in person if you want. Um, we're, we're open seven days a week. Uh, take advantage of all of our virtual programs and services and our digital resources. So that's number one. Just, you know, make sure your library card is is current and use our library services. That's number one. Number two, um, tell a friend or 20 <laughs> about how much you li- love the library. Also, tell uh, the decision makers in town, if you know of any, uh, <laughs> such as yourself, um, or, or, or library leadership, you know, write a letter, send an email, attend a board meeting, tell, tell them how much you love the library. It always helps to get the word out about how much the library is loved and appreciated in our community. I think sometimes we take it for granted that, oh, I love the library and people know that the library is a great place. Well, it's also great to hear it and it does make a difference. And um, as we mentioned before, if there's more you want to do, and there's a lot of different ways that you can support the library, they're actually on the front page of the library website, princetonlibrary.org. There's a support us tab right on the top navigation bar, and you can click that and you'll see many different ways that you can support the library. That's great. So let me, I I guess one thing we should point out too is, even though the library's in a in, in the business section of the town, so to speak, as well as right on the edge of business and residential. Um, and I know people are always worried about parking in, in Princeton. Right. But I mean, the parking garage is literally right there. Right. You barely, I could tell you from this morning, walking out in the snow, <laughs> I only got a few flakes on me. There's a few steps between the parking garage that you're not covered before getting in the library. So it's very convenient to park there. Right. Yeah. And are we still running a program where you you can use the garage, run yes. into the library and jump out and not have to pay for parking for a short amount of yes. time? Yes, if you come into the library under, for under two hours, you can get your parking validated um, right at the front desk. And actually, we have a new self-validation uh, um, machine, too, that you can use your library card and get your parking validated. So we're making it very easy and contactless um, at the same time. So please don't worry <laughs> if you're running in just to get a book or you want to stay for a short time. Um, you can get your parking validated. That's great. And it's, it's good to, that people are aware of that and it just encourages people to, yeah. and you know, look, go go to the library. And then while you're there, yeah, go walk around. There's plenty of stores and restaurants. So exactly. spend uh, spend the day walking around the town. Absolutely. Um, We're in a great location. Yeah, no, you are. That's the truth. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I guess a lot of people always like to hear statistics. Um, are there things you guys track like, uh, you know, how many library users per day or I don't know if you still do how many books per day or how many this or that, but are there some interesting oh, stats yeah. you could share with us? <laughs> We track everything. <laughs> so we do. We do. We have to. And we're always looking for patterns. And, you know, I mean, although we can't put all of the weight in statistics, we use observation and storytelling to kind of say what's going on in the library. The statistics really do help create a picture as to what's going on. Now, obviously, um, 2021 was a different year for everyone. So our statistics probably aren't what they would have been pre-pandemic but actually really still impressive. So I was looking over a few uh, statistics from last year. We have still almost 28,000 cardholders, oh, wow. <laughs> which I think is amazing. It's a really, uh, the ratio between that and the uh, population is just, is just amazing and very impressive. Um, we do track how many, um, our to we call it total circulation, which is circulation of either our um, physical books and materials and also our digital items. And that's close to 440,000 items yes. went out last year. That's an average of 1,200 a day. We had over almost 1,200 programs. And again, this is during a pandemic year. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm you know, amazed just looking at these numbers myself. Um, and of those programs, we had um, over 46,000 people attend. Um, people still, and also, you know, people still come in and ask a lot of qu reference questions, we call them, you know, just questions, everyday questions. Those were um, over 27,000 last year. And we had almost 250,000 people come into the library last year. So it's amazing. Despite, despite the pandemic, despite everything, um, the res any restrictions that may have been happening, um, these and these numbers are, are are lower than than typical, but still really impressive. They are impressive numbers. Well, the library, yeah, the library is an impressive organization. That's for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you: um, Are there some long-term goals or plans for the library that that you hope to put in place over the next few years or whatever? Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, we talked earlier about how I came in and three weeks later we were shut down. And I think any a lot of people say, you know, your vision for the library, what was it in the beginning? Well, whatever it was, that's, you know, I, I've, I've kind of shifted um, my thinking as well as probably the rest of the community has into what what the future holds. Um, so fortunately, though, we're in the midst of our strategic planning process and it's a perfect time for that. Right. We're hoping to articulate an updated mission and vision for the library. Um, with so much that's changed for our community in the past few years, we really hope to get some valuable insight on how the library can best meet all of those changing needs. Um, we're hoping that everyone in the community uh, will participate in our strategic planning process, and we would really appreciate that feedback. Hearing from community members will help us gain a much better sense of our goals going forward. Once we have that information, we'll be looking closely at how and if library patrons are using our resources differently since the pandemic and also how they use our building. From there, we can make any changes necessary to ensure that all of our library visitors have the best possible experience. So strategic planning is, is our next step um, and kind of we'll formulate our plan from there. So as I mentioned, it was really um, perfect timing for us to do this plan. Right. No, it sounds that. 
So I think some of the, the key takeaways here are the library is a very welcoming place. <laughs> the staff loves to talk to you. Yeah. You can park nearby. <laughs> uh, you're open seven days a week. So there's really no reason not to go to the library. None that I can think of, Mark. I think you've summarized it pretty well. You got a good cheat sheet there. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I'm hoping that at some point when we get past COVID, yeah. um, you know, I know uh, the previous mayor, Mayor Lempert, uh, used to do the meet the mayor thing, yeah. uh, hold hours at the library. And yep. if we ever get to a point, which hopefully we will soon, I'd love to start that up again uh, so that we're not but doing it in a safe manner. Well, you're, you're certainly welcome. We'd love, to, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think anything that we all do to help attract people and give different reasons to go to the library, I, I don't know that, that that me doing that is going to make that much of a difference considering <laughs> all that you guys do. I mean, you offer so much. It's uh, it's incredible. Well, like you said, it's a great place to come, to the, come for the day, use the library, visit our local businesses and retailers, um, eat at a restaurant, um, a great day in Princeton starts yeah. at the library. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, I want to thank you for having joined us today. Is there any any great question I should have asked you that I didn't or any tidbit that I... Oh, you, you did a great job. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank thanks again and uh, and hope to see you at the library soon. Okay. Look forward to it. Take care. Take care. Thank you for joining us for episode 11 of the Princeton podcast, produced as a community service by HG Media providing audio, video, and website design services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.